Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather and this is where I give you news and views from a West Texans biblical point of view. One you're not going to find in your mainstream media. I can almost guarantee you that today we have a lot of stuff to cover today, guys. So what is GPT chat? Um, you may not be familiar with this. I wasn't very familiar with this at all, but a lot of prophecy teachers and news um, are talking about this feature right now, uh, this AI feature. And so we'll talk a little bit about that today, just to give you an idea of what it is. And um, if you want to know more about that, you can go uh, listen to John Holler's um, prophecy update, uh, free gas gas lighting um, or gas free gas lighting and check that out. Or Athy Creek as well, uh, Pastor Meter, Brett Meter. Um, anyway, a lot of good stuff going on today. And, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that. So what else? What else we have? So I, I went over to HopeForOurTimes.com, which is um, Tom Hughes. I really do like him. And uh, he has an article on his website, and it says, The mainstream media admits that we are facing the worst food crisis in modern history. This article was posted on January um, the 16th. And so uh, this is from the most important news.com. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. If you guys listen to me very long or even watch my YouTube channel before they took it down, <laughs> my main thing was you better get you some food. <laughs> get you some food. Anyway, of course, I'm still harping on that just a little bit. And a, a curious note here. Why is Georgia GOP Governor Brian Kemp heading to Davos? We'll talk a little bit about that as well. You know, the rhinos, they're all out there, folks. What else? So the pro-choice Christian Democrat uh, book of Jeremiah supports abortion, they say. Yeah, we will talk about that blasphemy as well. What else do we have going on in rapture ready in time news where they gives you um, headlines like fast paced headlines. And this is Netanyahu predicts massive increase in Western Aliyah. So that's going to happen. World Economic Forum invents new word to describe the extreme chaos gripping our planet. We'll talk a little bit about that and what else may be going on in the news today. So meet the green energy group behind the study that's driving calls to ban gas stoves. Rocky Mountain Institute partnered with China to implement economy-wide transformation away from oil and gas. Colorado-based nonprofit Rocky Mountain Institute, which published the December study that attributes 13% of U.S. childhood asthma cases to gas stove use, is hardly staffed by an objective group of scientists folks it's all about the fear-mongering and um <laughs> that's just the biggest bunch of beep i've ever heard in my entire life is called natural gas for a reason it's natural anyway you can take these all with a grain of salt because we all know that's just a crock of crud to get people um to transform into what they want you to do I don't know if you guys have noticed this or not, but it is all about transformation. And they're huge. I, you notice, um, you even have these false prophecy teachers. They're not teachers. They're blasphemers. They're false prophets. We need to shift. And we're shifting to this. And you notice all their keywords that they all use. Isn't it ironic that the World Economic Forum and all these globalists use those same words? Huh. Give you a little food for thought there. A little fodder, as we like to say here in Texas. A little food. Anyway, get you some hay to chew on. You know, yeah, that's, uh, you know, it kind of begs the question, really, what, are they all in cahoots or what? Or are the same demons telling them the same things? Hmm, 
makes you wonder <laughs> anyway what else do we have so uh the ukraine's largest jewish city uh was just hit by russian missile so russia launched an extensive missile attack on most of ukraine's provinces yesterday morning and in the afternoon launched another barrage in a move that could be seen as an act to escalate the war uh, that in pro in ukraine's largest jewish city and the jews who live there have been very badly affected guys Please be praying for the people of Ukraine and the people of Russia. Um, you know, we over here in the West, and sometimes we'll get this head, this mindset that, oh, they're all bad, but they're not. It's the government. So look at the United States. Not all the people in the United States agree with the Biden administration. Believe me, we don't. The old Biden, uh, the bumbling Biden administration, we do not. Absolutely not agree with that. And I can see there's probably millions of people in Russia that don't either in Ukraine. So we need to be praying for U the Ukraine people. And the Russia people, Russians, um, folks, this is this is not good. It's not good. But the Bible says these things would happen. And you kind of see the puzzle pieces moving around the table. And if you do, please go watch um, Pastor Brett Meter's prophecy update at Athy Creek. Um, you can catch that on YouTube and you're going to be amazed. He kind of puts the pieces together. And John Holler does a really good job of doing that, too. Um, but <clears throat> Athy Creek's update was very good. And it kind of talks about all this. And everybody thought that um, the Abrahamic Accords was a good thing. It's not. I told you from the very beginning it was a bad thing. And I got a lot of heat for that. I did. Which is fine. I don't really care. Um, I, I don't side with people. Um, you know, I side with what the Bible says. And the Bible says that anybody who splits God's land. Joel says that's a bad, bad thing. The prophet Joel. Very bad. Very bad. Trump should have known that. But he didn't. And everybody's all Trump, Trump, Trump. And, you know, I catch a lot of heat from friends, too, because they're huge Trump supporters, and I'm not. Never have been. I voted for him because, at that point in time, he was way better than the alternative. And I know uh, Pastor J.D. Farag talks about that. He says, you know, the lesser of two evils. Well, you know, everybody's a sinner. So when you vote, you're going to vote for a sinner, you know. So there's no way around that. And do I believe that Trump is saved? I really don't know. I don't know. It's not my decision to make, but your fruit will tell you. And so when he attacked the people who are um, for the right to life and said that it was their fault that they lost their elections, you know, whatever, eh, that kind of tells you his true colors. Um, but as far as I know, like I always say, you can go back and catch him on Epstein's plane. Uh, very good friends with the Clintons. And how many people have the Clintons, I don't know, committed suicide for? Huh. It helped people we'll put it that way air quotes helped people commit suicide you know by shooting them in the back of the head in a uh, execution style eh, you know yeah so anyway we won't go there um that's a list that i don't want to be on <laughs> anyway that's uh no that's just a joke but uh yeah so you have to go back and just kind of look at things and i you know i catch a lot of flack from friends you know and uh you gotta you gotta go from the nationalist movement to a, a christian outlook and so a lot of people confuse those two like you know they're all like oh elon musk yeah he's all he's not a christian folks he is not a christian but they're all jumping on his back oh free speech and, you know you got to be very very careful about doing things like that the church's bandwagon the black lives matter you know they jumped onto that bandwagon too and look at it that was being that was a, a witch that had founded that and they embezzled all the money too but uh yeah so you got to be very careful what you seek after in this world or who you listen to or who you watch or what bandwagon you jump on because it's not Christians, folks. 
we are here to do one job one job only god gave us a uh, a commandment that we are to make disciples and tell people about um jesus christ tell people the gospel and so uh, you got to be very careful. And, you know, the United States is not the same. I know that. Would I like to go back to the 70s and 80s? Absolutely, I would. But, you know, we're not going back there. That's never going to happen. Things are going to continue going. The Bible says things will wax worse and worse, which means it's not going to get better. <laughs> if we look back in the last three years, we can see how far worse that has come. If you go all the way back um, to the Obama administration when they, um, quote, legalized gay marriage, Look what happened. Look how far we have fallen since then. I'm telling you, reprobate mind, Romans 1 culture. I've done several podcasts over that. I even wrote a book. Um, it's in the book, um, Remnant Believers, or Last Days Remnant Believers. You guys can check that out. I have a whole chapter on that. But what people don't understand is that they think this is going to get better. And if you listen to the all millennialism, you know, which they think that this is it, that we were living in the millennium that Jesus, and it's all, um, it's not a, an actual millennium. No, no, no. That was all spiritualized. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Every prophecy that Jesus Christ fulfilled with his first coming was literal. There was no spiritualism there. There was no allegory there. No, it was literal. And every single prophecy written about him coming back second coming is going to be fulfilled literally, just like he said just like he said and the prophet said and just how god said it was going to happen that's going to that's how it's going to happen there's no other way to interpret the bible you just can't do it you can't read the book of revelation and you think that this is all spiritualized or it already happened in 80 70 or all these things it just didn't happen it has not happened you can't read the bible and think that you just can't it doesn't fit is what i'm saying it doesn't make sense it just doesn't make sense that way but anyway when you go looking for extra biblical stuff that's when you get in trouble so anyway let's head back to some articles shall we so a lot of crazy things happening in the world today as you normal um this used to not be the norm but now it is the norm unfortunately so one other article i did want to touch on um let me check out here for the uh there we go nope nope hold on hold on let me get back over here <laughs> Sometimes modern technology, although um, Optimum did send out a actual corporate tech uh, out here and he did fix the Internet. So whew, thank the Lord for that. Anyway, so uh, we got some got some things going on. So Sheriff, good news, folks. Sheriff's office openly praises the Lord after dozens of inmates get baptized, pledge lives to Christ. So there's always got to be some good news. right? We got to throw some good news out there. Because, you know, it's kind of hard. But, you know, I've talked to you guys about the 15-minute city. And the World Economic Forum is pushing a 15-minute city to save humanity. Yes, folks. They don't care about humanity. They know. They don't care. You know it. We know it. We all know they don't care. But, anyway, let's talk on these other ones really quick. So, pro-choice Christian, quote, Christian, I say Democrat, Book of Jeremiah supports abortion. So, here we go. Pro-family, pro-family. Faith pro-choice 
it's a, that's a misnomer religious coalition for productive reproductive choice pro faith whatever this is a bunch of garbage anyway this is by ben johnson is at the washington stand posted yesterday january the 16th of this year a congressional democrat stated that a bible verse declaring that god forms unborn human life inside the womb actually supports abortion on demand before voting against a law that would protect newborn children from the threat of infanticide during a debate over the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, Representative Hillary Scolton, Democrat, of course, from Michigan, invoked Jeremiah 1-5, which says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you on the House floor Wednesday afternoon to oppose the bill. Folks, I was sick in my stomach, just sick of my, even reading that just makes me absolutely sick. Anyway, as a pro, just a quote, as a pro-choice Christian who chooses life, this issue is so personal to me. My faith informs my actions, but it doesn't dictate the policy of an entire nation, said Shulton. Quote, and further, when I read the scripture, I turn to passages and I'm guided by passages like Jeremiah 1 verse 5, which states, y'all, I just read that. I'm not going to read it again um, to let them make that use, use that as they're ugh, just makes me sick anyway doesn't say the government's womb or the speaker's womb it says the mother's womb the word mother does not appear in the hebrew greek or latin manuscripts of jeremiah 1 5 only in a handful of bibles did lax translators add the word mother to the text shelton appears to have paraphrased or misquoted the verse as her quotation does not match a single version of the scriptures at BibleGateway.com. She says, unquote, I believe life is precious, but I reject the idea that if I embrace the sanctity of life, I must also be forced to let the federal government in to regulate it. Shulton continued, echoing Senator Raphael Warnock of Georgia. We must protect families from unnecessary government intrusion into the most sacred and personal decision of our lives. Uh, well, when you get pregnant, it's not necessarily your life anymore. It's your baby's life. You know, there's two lives there. Makes me sick. Shelton's remarks seem doubly odd as the bill has nothing to do with abortion H.R. 26, which uh, would amend federal law to specify that children born alive must receive the same level of life-saving care whether they may be born, including inside an abortion facility after a botched abortion. Quote, Congresswoman Hillary Shelton, Democrat of Michigan, offered one of the most twisted pro-abortion apologetics in recent memory. David Clausen, director of the Center for Biblical Worldview at Family Research Council, told the Washington Stamp. Quote, the Congresswoman suggests that Jeremiah 1-5, one of the most pro-life passages in the Bible, actually supports abortion is Jesus of the highest order. The passage clearly teaches um, a con continuity between the unborn Jeremiah who is appointed and formed in utero and the adult prophet receiving God's instruction. Quote, but it is also profoundly immoral, said Clawson, since in intentionally misuses scripture to advance a position at odds with the entire pro-life message and posture of scripture. The meaning of the verse in which God assures Jeremiah of his election as a prophet from his conception um, was better captured by Representative Nathan Warren, who's a representative from Republican from Texas, our Texas, anyway, who said in his first speech on the floor, every life is a gift and every life has a calling given by God. <clears throat> Christians for 2,000 years have interpreted the scripture to consider abortion among the worst sins. Observant Jews like 
Likewise, say Judaism does not support abortion on demand. Instead, the Torah, Tanic, and rabbin, rabbinical tradition of the Mishnah, Mish, Mishnah in Talmud teach a pro-law position on abortion. While, quote, while most people do not uh, expect politicians to handle scripture with the same care as a trained theologian, there is a general expectation that lawmakers will at least try to understand what a given passage teaches and not grossly misuse or misquote it, Clausen told uh, the TWS, which is the Washington stamp. A better example of scriptural exegesis came earlier in the afternoon from her colleague, Representative Jack Bergman, a Republican from Michigan who represents the Traverse City, when he cited Psalm 139, quoting it exactly from the New International uh, Version of the Bible. He goes, I implore my colleagues to consider the divine, the divine worth of every human life we have taken an oath to serve from womb to tomb. It is written in Psalm 139, for you created my innermost being. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So to say, we should do all in our power to stand for life and to ensure the unborn get to live out each day of the days that God ordained for them before one ever came to be. Let us unite as a legislature to determine that in the United States we will preserve the most basic right to life and the ability of good-willed Americans to provide life-affirming care in pursuit of that cause. The Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act passed the House Wednesday afternoon together with a congressional resolution condemning attacks on pro-life pregnancy resource centers. Both bills earned bipartisan support. Folks, you can check that out at privacynewswatch.com. But is there any way <clears throat> that um, that you can see the evil? You know, Jeremiah, or not Jeremiah, Isaiah told us in 520, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who exchange bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Um, it's uh, it's happening. And yeah, it's slowly but surely when I go back and I look through things, it's been creeping in for a very long time. We just didn't notice it. Um, a friend of mine posted um, on her page and she said that she doesn't go to watch movies. Somebody had recommended a movie for her to go watch, but she looked up the movie and it had like foul language of profanity. And so she went to that website to read through the uh, what people had to say. Well, they block out the four-letter profanity words, but when you take the Lord's name in vain, they don't block any of that out. They tell you exactly what it says, and it should hurt our hearts as Christians to read something like that, much less listen to it. And I can tell you right now, if I'm listening to a movie and I hear them say the Lord's name, I stop watching it immediately. I don't go to movie theaters. I don't watch any of that garbage anymore because it's all garbage. Every bit of it is garbage. Now, good Christian movies, yes, I will go out and support the good Christian movies. Absolutely, I will go watch those. But there's not very many of those anymore. But I'm just saying... Um, we need to take a stand and people, you know, look at me like people look at me crazy when I say that, like, you're not, I was like, you know what? Uh, if I'm a, I love my heavenly father and I love my Lord Jesus Christ and anything, um, that attacks them or, or, or brings or demeans them in any way, it hurts me and it angers me. And so I just don't support that kind of stuff. So anyway, and I was like, I was like, you go girl, I'm totally behind you on that. But anyway, what else? I'm going to go here really quick. So, Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. This is the GPT chat is what I was telling you guys about earlier. So, what is it? I'm not going to go into detail, huge detail here, but I did want you guys to know what it is. And so, let's go to, let's check out a really good, there's LinkedIn, which I'm not a LinkedIn person, student age, we don't want to go there. So, let's go to, here we go, ZDNet.com. Let's check this, people, out. So, ZDNet Innovations. So, let's go check it out. So, this article is written by Sabrina Ortiz. 
Uh, and it was posted December the 7th of 2022. She says, what is chat GPT and why does it matter? Here's what you need to know. This AI chatbot's advanced conversational capabilities are making quite the buzz. Here's everything you need to know. And I'm going to tell you right now, just a precursor, you have probably talked to GPT and did not know you were talking to GPT. I didn't know this until I watched a couple of prophecy updates this weekend. And I was like, whoa. Anyway, so what is uh, ChatGPT? So she goes on to say, ChatGPT is a natural language processing tool driven by AI technology that allows you to have human-like conversations and much more with a chatbot. And if you can hear Murphy in the background, she is hooping and hollering. I don't know why. I think she wants her catnip, but she's just going to have to wait. to have her hooked on the nip. I'm sorry. She is hooked. So anyway, back to the article. And it says, the language model can answer questions, assist you with tasks such as composing emails, essays, and code. Uses, usage is currently open to public free of charge because ChatGPT is in its research and feedback collection stage. Of course, you know how that goes. Yeah, we train, you know, we train AI. I know you guys know that. Check this picture. Is that a bicycle? Here's eight squares. You pick out the three. Anyway, uh, who made Jet? chat gpt chat gpt was created by open ai an ai in research company the company launched chat gpt on november the 30th of 2022 if the name of the company seems familiar it is because open ai is also responsible for creating the dal2 a popular ai art generator and whisper an automatic speech recognition system so how big a deal is chat gpt she says it certainly made a big splash chat gpt is scary good i would take out the good part and just put in scary myself but you know it's not my article anyway so she goes on to say we are not far from dangerously strong ai said elon musk who was one of the founders of open ai before leaving sam altman opened ai's chief said on twitter that since launching last wednesday chat gpt has more than one million users altman told musk the average cost of each response was in single digits since but Added, it will need to monetize it eventually because of its eye-watering compute cost, he says. Allman also noted in a tweet the buzz around ChatGPT. Interesting uh, to me how many of the ChatGPT takes are either this is artificial generated intelligence, AGI, obviously not close, LOL, or this approach can't really go that much further. Trust that exponentially. Flat looking backwards and vertical looking forwards, he said. How can you access ChatGPT? Well, I will let you figure that on your own. I'm not going to give you that information, but you can read this article at www.zdnet.com. So he says, how are people using ChatGPT? The model has many functions in addition to answering simple questions, such as composing essays, describing art in great detail, creating AI art prompts having philosophical conversations, and can even code for you. My personal favorite is asking the chatbot for help coming up with creative holiday gift ideas for specific family members. The possibilities are endless, goes on to say. Folks, this is scary, creepy, scary, very creepy, scary. And it says, why Google is in trouble? Compare the quality of responses, chat GTP. You can check that out, folks. It is, it's crazy. It is, and so it asks, how does it work? Opening eye train the language model by using reinforcement learning from human feedback, RLHF, according to OpenAI. 
Human AI trainers provided the model with conversations in which they played both parts, the user and AI assistant. So what is the difference between ChatGPT and a search engine? ChatGPT is a language model created with the purpose of holding a conversation with the end user. A search engine indexes web pages on the internet to help the user find the information they ask for, but ChatGTP does not have the ability to search the internet for information and rather uses the information it learned from training data to generate a response which leaves for uh, which leaves room of error so what are chat tp chat gtp's limitations despite looking very impressive they say they say the gpt still has limitations such limitations include the inability to answer questions that are worded a specific way requiring rewording to understand the input decision a bigger limitation is a lack of quality in the responses it delivers well i'm sure they're going to fix that really quick but it is so creepy guys so creepy Anyway, why are some people worried about GTP? So let's check this little part out. And she says, people are expressing concern or concerns about AI chatbots replacing or atrophying human intelligence. For example, the chatbot can write an article on any topic efficiently within seconds potentially eliminate the need for a human writer the chatbot can also write an entire full essay within seconds making it easier for students to cheat or avoid learning how to write properly another concern with the ai chatbot is the possible spread of misinformation since the bot is not connected to the internet it could make mistakes in what information it shares the bot itself my responses are not intended to be taken as fact and i always encourage people to verify any information they receive from me or any other source unquote that was quoted from the bot itself you guys mm. OpenAI itself also knows that the chat gpt sometimes writes plausible sounding but incorrect or nonsensical answers Hmm. So is ChatGP a good thing or a bad thing? She goes on to say, well, I can tell you what I think. It's a very bad thing. <laughs> it is a bad thing. But uh, yeah, so it goes. So here, here, we'll read this part of the article. It says ChatGTP is a very advanced chatbot that has the potential to make people's lives easier and to assist with everyday tedious tasks, such as writing an email or having to navigate the web for answers. However, there are certain technical details that have to be figured out before it's widely used to prevent negative outcomes, such as the spread of misinformation. <laughs> misinformation. Yeah, that's a new word sounds ridiculous anyway in general ai and ml models rely on lots of training and fine-tuning to reach a level of ideal performance so it also goes on to say does it mean that ai is taking over the world not yet perhaps but open ai's altman certainly thinks that human style intelligence in ai is now not that far off he says which you know we've all kind of figured that um it's been coming they've been warning us but then again you got to think about the end times of what what the bible says how are they going to know if you're worshiping the beast the image of the beast or not anyway it's going to say we won't be here if you're a christian you're not going to be here for that anyway so responding to Musk's comment about dangerously strong ai altman tweeted i agree on being close to dangerously strong ai in the sense of an ai that poses eg eh, a uh, huge cyber security risk and i think we could get to real agi in the next decade so we have to take this risk of that extremely seriously too but yet they're forging on folks they're just keeping on going and going and coming up with all this stuff anyway he also noted quote interesting uh watching people start to debate whether powerful ai systems should behave in the way users want or their creators intend the question of whose values we align these systems to will be one of the most important debates society ever has. Well, folks, who do you think is creating all of this stuff and who do you think is going to 
AI is going to mimic? Hmm, I don't know. But I can tell you it's not uh, the Christian worldview. You got to think it has no conscience. That's another thing. Folks, this is... I just, you know, when I was a kid, did I ever think this was possible? No, did you guys even fathom any of this when you were kids? I well, I didn't. Some of y'all may be young, and you're probably still thinking, wow, you know, I didn't think all this was possible. And it's so weird to see how kids grow up now than when kids grow up when I was a kid. We had pocket cars playing in the dirt, you know. We'd go ride our bicycles, you know, from dusk, you know, from dawn to dusk. We'd be out, you know. Man, parents would have to yell at us to come in. Y'all need to come inside. Yeah, we don't want to come inside. We wanted to play. But now... Kids very seldomly go outside. I'm talking like you want to see vitamin D deficiency. Oh, boy. They don't go outside. They're stuck in front of a computer. If you look, I, like, I, I always take this opportunity to observe people wherever I'm at. If I'm at the restaurants or if I'm, you know, wherever. If I'm driving around, doesn't matter. If I'm, you know, wherever I'm shopping, whatever, it doesn't matter. And I look. And, you know, where I work, I look at, you know, passengers. And uh, every one of them has their faces glued to a phone. Every single one of them. If they have children, their children's face is glued to a tablet or whatever. And so it just amazes me. Um, we have come so far, you know, that this this technology is like has captured people so easily. And the bad thing about all that is is that they um is that people don't realize that. They don't realize they are hooked on this stuff and they don't realize. Have you ever tried like I used to manage stores and uh, the last one I managed was the lids in the mall. And uh, I'd hire people to come in and help, you know, during seasonal, like, you know, Black Friday and Christmas and all that to help me with sales on the floor. And it was so hard to get these kids to stay off of their phones. They were always on their phones. I'm like, look, if you don't put your phone away, you have to put it in the back. You know, you can't have your phone out on the floor. We're here to take care of customers. And it was like pulling teeth, you guys. They were addicted to that phone. And so it's, it's crazy. It's unbelievable. But uh, anyway, if you guys want to check that article out, you can go to ZDNet.com uh, and check that out. But that's a little bit about what uh, GPT is. But if you watch um, Athy Creek's um, Prophecy Updates, you'll learn a whole lot more about it. And uh, John Holler as well. So John Holler has a good thing about it, too, from Sunday. So are we facing the worst food crisis in modern history? Uh, this is posted the 15th of January. And I'm trying to find the, uh, I'm trying to find the author. As you know, I hate to say anything without the authors. Let me scroll down here. It used to be up top, but maybe it's down here on the bottom. Let's scroll on down to see. Is it Michael Snyder? Yes, it is Michael. So Michael Snyder wrote this article, and so we will check it out right now. So uh, people, and you can find that at themostimportantnews.com. So people on the other side of the planet are dropping dead from starvation right now, but most people don't even realize that this is happening. Unfortunately, most people just assume that everything is fine and dandy. If you are one of those people that believe that everything is just wonderful, I would encourage you to pay close attention uh, to the details that he is about to share with you, or I'm about to share with you from his article. So anyway, global hunger is rapidly spreading, and that is because global food supplies have been getting tighter and tighter. If current trends continue, we could potentially be facing a nightmare scenario before this calendar year is over. Pakistan is not one of the poorest countries or poorest nations in the world, but the lack of affordable food is starting uh, to cause panic inside that country. The following comes from Time Magazine. It says, last Saturday in uh, Murphy, a city in Pakistan, Sindh, uh, Sindh uh, province, uh, hundreds of people lined up for hours outside a park to buy subsidized wheat flour offered by 65 rupees, ru rupees a kilogram instead of the current inflated rate of about, <coughs> excuse me, 140 to 160 rupees. Uh, when a few trucks arrived, the crowd surged forward, leaving several injured. One man, Harsinki Kohli, I'm murdering these names, I'm so sorry. 
uh, who was there to uh, buy, to bring a five kilogram bag of flour home for his wife and children was crushed and killed in the chaos. Oh, how terrible. Uh, we are seeing similar things happen all over the planet. Just because you still may have enough food to eat doesn't mean that everybody else is okay, guys. In fact, things have already gotten so bad that even CNN is admitting that we are facing the worst food crisis in modern history. Quote, yet the world is still in the grips of the worst food crisis in modern history as Russia's war in Ukraine shakes global agriculture systems um, already grappling with the effects of extreme weather and the pandemic. Market conditions may have improved in recent months, but experts do not expect imminent relief. That means more pain for vulnerable communities already struggling with hunger. It also boosts the risk of starvation and famine in countries such as Somalia, which is contending with what the United Nations describes as a catastrophic food emergency. I had to relocate Murphy, the cat. <laughs> she was, uh, I don't know what's up with old Murph, but I, she thinks she's hungry, I guess. And we're talking about food, and so she's screaming at me. Anyway, she's got plenty of food, by the way. Anyway, so... Sadly, it isn't just in Somalia where the food crisis has reached the catastrophic proportions. According to Reuters, the entire continent is now demanding or is now dealing with the worst food crisis uh, that Africa has ever seen. Across Africa, from east to west, people are experiencing a food crisis that is bigger and more complex than the continent has ever seen, uh, say diplomats and humanitarian workers. Please go back and read that statement again, he says. Folks. You remember when I was a kid, we used to send food to Africa. Remember that? There's always those commercials, you know, we'd send all these rice and all this stuff to Africa. Remember back in the 80s and 70s? Oh, man, goodness. And I haven't seen a lot of those commercials since then. Of course, I don't watch a lot of TV, but you know what I mean? It looks like it's coming back to that. So it says, um, so he goes, do you remember all those years when, yeah, I was just thinking about that. Do you remember all those years when Sally Struthers was begging us to feed the starving children in Africa? I was just that just popped into my head. How funny. But like I told you guys before, I do not read these articles before um, I read them on the uh, on the podcast because I, I kind of wanted to be fresh in my mind. It's kind of give you my first take. So that's that's crazy. Anyway, uh, well, the truth is that conditions are now far worse than when she was making those commercials. So at one hospital in Somalia, grieving mothers are regularly bringing in very young children that have literally starved to death. Golly, guys. Quote, sometimes mothers bring us dead children, said Faria Mohad Jama head nurse at the pediatric emergency union uh, unit and they don't know why they're dead weakened by hunger camp residents are vulnerable to disease and people are dying due to lack of food said nadifa hussein muhammad uh who managed the camp where isaac's family initially stayed quote maybe the whole world is hungry and donors are bankrupt i don't know she said but we're calling out for help and we do not see relief unquote UN officials are doing what they can to help, but the truth is that they are being absolutely overwhelmed by the scopes of this crisis. Over the past 12 months, the number of Africans that are dealing with acute food insecurity has absolutely exploded. The number of East Africans experience acute food insecurity uh, when a lack of food puts lives or livelihoods in immediate danger has spiked by 60% in just the last year and by nearly 40% in West Africa, according to the World Food Program. Um, sadly, a lot of Americans are simply not going to care about uh, what is going on over there as long as we have enough food over here, folks. That's terrible. I have a friend of mine who lives in Nigeria. Uh, just reading this article, I'm going to get in touch with him. But, um, oh, gosh. Godwin, if you're listening, uh, send me an email. 
let me know what we can do anyway what we can pray for so of course food supplies continue to get tighter on our side of the planet as well according to the u.s department of agriculture our corn harvest this year was the smallest in 15 years quote last year was a bad year for corn the latest u.s department of agriculture report shows drought conditions and extreme weather wreaked havoc on croplands usda unexpectedly slashed its outlook for domestic corn production amid a severe drought across the western farm belt farmers in nebraska kansas and texas were forced to abandon drought-plagued fields folks i live in texas we have a farm i can confirm we do not grow corn because corn takes a lot of water anyway moving right along the article continues quote the agency estimated farmers harvested 79.2 million acres a decline of 1.6 million uh, acres versus the previous estimate the smallest acreage harvest since 2008 that wouldn't be so bad if our population was still the same size that it was back in 2008. Other harvests have been extremely disappointing, too, and that is one of the factors that has been steadily driving up food costs. At this point, the average U.S. household is spending $72 more on food per month than it was at the same time a year ago. As inflation continues to decimate the budgets of American families, the December report from Moody's Analytics showed that families are spending an estimated $72 more on food per month than they were a year ago. That figure is pulled out of a report that says the typical U.S. household is shelling out $371 on goods and services more than they were a year ago. Folks, I can confirm this because, you know, I do my budget and I figure all this stuff up and I'm like, oh, I got this much left over. But then I figured how much I spend in just food. I'm like, whoa. This is ridiculous. Myself, I'm single. You know, and I used to go and buy groceries and do all this. And, and you know, it's like that, what is that old thing where the vegetables go to die in the crisper? <laughs> That's mush, you know. I don't cook. I just, you know, I don't know. But I used to do that a lot. And I figured out how much money I was wasting. And so there's a place here in Emerald. It's called 80-20 Mills. And so um, Monty is awesome. Guys, pray for Monty. She is not a Christian. Her mom is. and her mom very well. Tommy. But Monty is not a Christian. She just lost her dad. He just passed away. Um, anyway, if you guys would please pray for her that um, she would be, that God would save her, that Jesus would save her. Um, she's so sweet. She really is. Um, anyway, she owns this company. She's doing really well. Um, she donates a lot of food um, to people who are hungry, um, to cancer, stuff like that, in hospitals. Anyway, she's very sweet. Um, and so, you know, if you'd pray for her salvation, I would so much appreciate that. But... Anyway, that she does my meals, and so um, I figured out how much I spend. So she does, I, I order about, I would say, 10 meals a week from her. I kind of split them up into, into two meal things, you know. So, And I figure that I'm spending about $100. Actually, it's more than that. I spend about, eh, well, yeah, maybe about $100 a week. Just $400 a month that I'm spending on food. And I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. But... Uh, it's really, it's good food. So it's called 80-20 for a meal. There is, I mean, for a reason. And, uh, it's a meal plan, um, that is fantastic. There's no inflammation. There's no soy, no wheat, no dairy, no, none of that. None of that. They don't cook with any of that. And, uh, it's, it's, it's clean eating. So, you know, like I ate, you know, sliced chicken and, you know, they have like asparagus, zucchini, but everything is cooked in olive oil. And they even have potatoes. I love potatoes. I'm just telling you, I'm a meat and potatoes person. Anyway, they have steak and all kinds of stuff. Um, but it's really, really good. And so, um, for a while, you know, I just, you know, I'd go grocery shopping and I just wouldn't eat. I just wasn't eating right, you know, and I just wasn't feeling good and everything was just, you know, not going so well for me. I couldn't figure out what was going on. And, of course, you know, Jordan Rubin, I think, he's got that book out there, Eating the Maker's Diet, you know, whatever. And um, and so I, I got to read my Bible. 
and I was reading through Deuteronomy, and I was like really convicted. Like, I know we can have bacon. You know, we can have bacon. You can have bacon. You know, we can have anything that we want. But I started kind of looking at the health side effects. I was you know, loaded and salt and, you know, all this stuff. And uh, a lot of people give me a hard time because for a while, I'll tell you what, I weighed 134 pounds up in last year around February. And um, I, that was huge for me. If you, I'm five foot one. <laughs> five foot one 134 pounds that's a lot the year before I weighed 134 pounds but I was you know not the year before but prior to COVID in 2019 October I was you know muscular you know I worked out I, you know that was mostly muscle but you know after I got COVID and, and it got sick and uh, kind of screwed like I lost my hair like crazy you guys I was sick of my stomach and I have been sick of my stomach for almost two years so you know anyway long story short um, I started doing intermittent fasting, but I didn't know I was doing intermittent fasting. <laughs> this job that I had, um, I drove like all over the place, you know, I delivered all this stuff. I was out in the country driving, you know, running back and forth. And so I wouldn't eat till I got home and I lost like almost 30 pounds. And so yeah, I'm down to like 108 right now, but I don't know. It's called intermittent fasting, but I went on a strict keto diet and all I ate was keto. That's all I ate. And, uh, you know, my doctor told me I could do that for three months, but, you know, don't do that very long because my cholesterol is really high. <laughs> oh, gosh, let me tell you, I've been doing keto. Uh, I did keto for almost two, almost a year. And then um, now I went to the 80-20 meal plan, which I incorporate, you know, some carbs. I have some potatoes and, you know, that kind of stuff in there. But um, when they tested my cholesterol um, a few months ago, when I was, when oh, I guess in November, when I was in the hospital and had all that stuff going on, um, my my cholesterol went from 257 to like 145 or something because that was on keto i was like what and so you can't really trust everything uh the food and drug administration tells you uh you could know, do this dash i did the dash dot and all this stuff you know i'm like who eats seven to eight servings of grains a day that's ridiculous Grains are not the same grains that they were in the Bible, in the Bible days. So when, you know, God, when Jesus ate bread, it's not the bread that we have today. No, it was totally different back then. And so you've really got to get into that mindset and just do some, do some research. You know, while we're talking about food here, do research and just, you know, figure out what works best for you and don't let, go online and just, you can go to YouTube. There's a whole lot of doctors on there telling you guys, hey, you know, keto is really good. And I'll tell you another thing. I had um, is a praise report. So I had gone to to my eye doctor, advanced eye care. I always go there. And they do this called a, it's some kind of a scan of your eye. It's a different scan anyway. And I have it done. And uh, it showed that I had the beginning of macular degeneration in my left eye. And they could see it plain as day. He showed it to me. It's cloudy. There it is way back there. I was like, oh, wow. You know, what can I do? He goes, well, there's nothing you can do until it gets worse. And I'm like, well, I don't want to wait until it gets worse, you know. And so I started watching a whole bunch of uh, YouTube videos. And chiropractors are fantastic, guys. They, you know, they take a, you know, people are like, well, they don't know that much. They're just, you know, whatever. Well, they go to school 12 years. And doctors only go to school 8 years. So, yeah, they, they do know the human body. And uh, so I was reading, you know, and watching all these videos. And they were this one was telling me or was saying that seed oil is terrible for you. And so, and, and vegetable, and all this stuff is very bad for you. The human body wasn't made to consume that. We have no way to break that kind of stuff down. And so, I was like, whoa. So, I started watching. I cut out all sapphire, sun seed, all of this garbage. I cut all those seed oils out of my diet completely and went straight to olive oil and clean eating. And so, um, there's a big thing to say about your diet and what the Western world, and if you, the more we research 
food and the more we're looking at what their plans are for us and what they're probably already putting into the food supply, it ought to tell you that um, they don't have the best uh, intentions and they don't, they probably don't care anything about you. And so um, I went back to getting, you know, and I've always bought my meat from Pie Dom out of Nazareth. My beef, that's where I always get my beef at. And so you've got to be very careful where you get your, you know, your proteins and stuff. But clean eating is the best thing that you can possibly do. You know, it's clean. And whether, whatever you eat, um, just, you know, make sure it's like, it's not manufactured, it's not processed, it's not none of that stuff. Because they add all this stuff into there. I've been watching videos on what they put into food and what they can, remember the one I told y'all guys about the nano, the nano particles, the nanobots and all that stuff that they're putting into, into, if it comes from a natural source, Bobby, Flav City, Flava Flav City, whatever, I think it's Bobby, he's fantastic, you guys gotta check him out on YouTube, I love him, I learned a lot from him, I mean, he's one of the ones that I learned that from, like, you, you know, we're not made to consume seed oil, and if you think you're drinking almond milk from silk, and you think, oh yeah, this is so good, I'm drinking it, you're not getting very many, all oh, 1% almonds, I was like, what? Another one's called almond malk, M-A-L-K, two ingredients, filtered water and almonds, boom, there you go, and it's good, very good, I can't really find it where I live, but it's very good, occasionally one of the stores around here has it, but not always, another one's called Mu'ala, Mu'ala almond milk, you would think it's cows, but it's not. It's almond. It's called Mu'ala. Um, it is really good. It's got three ingredients. But you got to watch out. It has guar gum and all this stuff. They're adding all this stuff into it. Um, you just got to be very careful of what we eat. Um, you know, it's very careful. And, uh, you know, all these different things that they're adding to our food supply should, I mean, think about it. When I was growing up, do you remember this many people having cancer when you were a kid? I mean, think back. A lot of y'all are older than me. Some of y'all are younger than me. But I'm like, I'm, I'm 47. And so when I think back to when I was a kid, not very many people had heart attacks. You know, especially 40. Especially 40 and under. That did not happen. It just didn't happen. I remember I had chest pains one time. And I went to the hospital. I was 32. And they're like, yeah, hey, you're 32. You know? <laughs> they're like, yeah, nothing. But now, look at what's happening. So... They're putting things in our food supply. Cancer was not that prevalent when I was a kid. Not that prevalent until just re it exploded. Then you got to ask yourself, why? Roundup. All these things they're putting in our food is con generally considered safe. I think it's a GF, whatever generally considered safe is what they call it. Folks, get away from all of that. Just get away. Find you some place that does, you know, like 80-20, trifecta. Trifecta online. If you don't have an 80-20 people by you, they are awesome. Trifecta is all organic. It is a little on the expensive side. I did that for a year, but it's totally worth it. Um, they ship your meals out. They used to do one where you could kind of a la carte, you know, pick like like the protein sources a la carte. You could do that, but I don't think they have that anymore. So I stopped using them because I don't want their meals. I wanted to build my own meal, you know. Um, but anyway, um, I don't know why I went off onto that tangent, but you know, somebody out there may have been diagnosed with uh, macular degeneration or something like that but anyway if you go online and watch those kind of things it shows you these seed oils and all this stuff that was introduced into um our our diets in the 50s and 60s and you can see that nobody ever heard of macular maybe one in one thousand or one in one hundred thousand were diagnosed with that back then but then after the 50s and in the 80s it just exploded 90s all that just exploded and there are countries 
that don't ever see macular degeneration ever very very few and far between because they don't use the seed oils and stuff that we do so when you see sapphire oil and we're not made to eat that and if you see the process that it takes to get that oil it's it's so dangerous because they heat it up so high i mean it's already a carcinogen for your body at that point in time and so just you know don't take don't take my word for it do your research i'm just throwing you guys out some what i learned and what i did all the research because you know i always y'all know me i research everything but i wanted to know what can i do what can i do to stop this you know and i hate to tell y'all guys but this year has not been very good because i did go back to eating chips you know i like the boulder canyon chips and i shouldn't have done that i shouldn't be doing that and so um as of today i'm already weaning myself off from you know the sugar and the seed oil and the chips and all of that stuff and so I have to get away from, you know, from all of that garbage. But uh, anyway, just, you know, keep that in mind as we, you know, talk about the food shortages around the world. Because I will tell you this much. You can still get good canned food. Keystone has good food that issues the protein and salt. That's it. That's all that's in their in their food supply. So you can still buy clean food to put in storage, you know, or to save up for. Now, remember, folks, when we... People say, oh my God, I got to live through the tribulation. You're not living through the tribulation. I'm just telling you, and if you're not a Christian now, I mean, you may make it to the end, but then again, you know, do you really want to? Uh, but you got to think, about it. if you're not a Christian, you will go through the tribulation. So yeah, yeah I guess you might want to stock up on stuff. But if you are a Christian, we're not going to go through the tribulation. Now we may see, uh, we may have tribulation up until, but it's not the great tribulation. It's not God's tribulation, right? That's different. We've always suffered trials and tribulations. We always have. Jesus said that we would. We always will. You know, until the time he comes and takes us home. But that tribulation coming upon the world is completely different. That is God's wrath being poured out on an unbelieving world. And so, boom, that's, you got to take that into consideration. But we should stock up. You know, God gave us wisdom. Look, look what's going on in the other parts of the world right now. Look at, like I'm telling you guys, this stuff right now. Here's, here's the eggs. You know, I'm allergic to eggs, so I guess that's kind of a good thing for me because you know i don't i'm not having to pay this much money for eggs but you know it's affecting a lot of people and this whole thing is affecting people over there like i said you're not going to hear this on your mainstream media how many people here in the united states how many of you guys listen to me here um heard did you guys know this was going on on the other side of the world i mean i kind of did but i mean not to this extent but did you guys know no we don't hear these things in the mainstream media they're not going to tell you this stuff they're not going to tell you the truth they're not going to say hey, it's coming to america with a k no they're going to tell you that that's why I'm telling you, you need to get prepared. And uh, I used to watch, I haven't watched Mama Bear Prepper in a long time, but she has a lot of good prepping videos that you guys can watch. And when I say prepping, I say, we, I do that, I, I get food, I stock this up, because there's going to be neighbors, there's going to be elderly neighbors and friends with kids and stuff like that that's going to need assistance, that they, they don't have the means to stock up right now, or they just, they don't, they don't have the money to do that. And you can see, uh, with prices here in the United States already going up so much higher on food, they're not going to have that. They they just can't. And so I try to do that. Because when, when I say, hey, guys, get you some food, I'm not just saying for you to hoard in your house with a gun. You know, somebody comes to your door, you're going to blow them away. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you're going to give them food. As a Christian, we will help them. That's what we are here to do, help our brothers and sisters, help people who can't help themselves. That's, you know, that's what we're here to do. And so you want to be able to help people. That's my whole thing. I want to be able to help people. When they come to me, like Heather, you know, I don't have enough whatever, I'll be able to, you know, help them. That's the whole point. But anyway, and to help yourself, you know, because I'm going to tell you, it's going to get to the point 
where food is so scarce, like I'm telling you off this article, that people will panic. They're going to panic and they're going to go to the grocery stores. And if you think the toilet paper crisis of 2020 was bad, you have no idea what's coming. When the food is gone and you can't get your food, it, it's going to be bad. You know, and the, the job that I have now, I have people that come through um, their passengers and, you know, they get stranded and they're, they don't have the money to be stranded. They don't understand, you know, these, these buses are breaking down and they're stuck here for, you know, however many times or how many days sometimes they're stuck here. Well, they didn't save up enough money to be able to, to do that. You know, they're just taking a bus from here to there and, you know, maybe all the money that they have and, um. And so one of the wonderful people that I work with, her name is Becca. She is such a wonderful, wonderful Hispanic woman. I tell you what, she don't want anybody to go hungry. <laughs> she does not. She's always giving food away. She's bring, she brings extra food to give to these people. Um, she does whatever she can to make sure they have food. If we go put them in a hotel, um, you guys pray for her. She is a wonderful, wonderful woman. And um, I'm so thankful I was able to meet her, um, you know. But just, you know, pray for her. Anyway. Let's let's get back to the article. But the whole the whole thing I'm telling you guys is there's a whole all this is coming. We see it coming. I'm telling you it's coming. Um, God's saying, hey, this is going to happen. What did he say? Um, the denarius. Remember, you, you will work an entire day, an entire day's wage just to buy bread for one day. That's coming. And we can see the precursor of it right now. If you think the crops are bad this year, folks, you just wait till next year because we're living off of last year's crops. So this year coming up, we're not going to have much to live on. You know what I mean? That's how this works. We store it up and then boom, we don't have much storage. Prices are going to skyrocket and it's going to get bad. So anyway, this article goes and she goes and it continues and it says, um, she says, in particular, the price of eggs has gone completely nuts. She goes, I recently came across an article about one small business owner that is now paying three times as much for eggs as she once did. It seems just like the cost of everything is going up on uh, up these days and that includes egg prices which are affecting local businesses we used to buy 15 dozen eggs from sam's for 23 dollars now they are 68 dollars said cindy gutierrez the owner of creative cakes now it's about 63 ish for 15 dozen and it's also hard to get 15 dozen said caitlin wallace the owner of katie pies so the prices for eggs have surged three times their original price. According to the Consumer Price Index, egg prices increased by 10% in October of 2022, and that increase has continued to rise. This is causing a domino effect for restaurants, businesses, and bakeries who use eggs. Economic conditions are changing so rapidly now that and nothing will ever be quite the same again. As we move forward, the widespread use of beetle burgers is one of the, quote, solutions that the global elite are starting to push. Folks, you think I'm kidding, but I'm not. I even have a video on Rumble about eating crickets and you'll be happy. Anyway, <laughs> goes on to say, uh, yeah, so the global elite are pushing this, right? You remember the big, uh, I'm throwing this in here for free. Remember the um, the big uh, cricket manufacturing plant that they put up there um, close to Canada on the, on the America-Canada border? Anyway, so going on, it says beetle burgers could soon be helping to feed the world, according to the new research. The creepy crawler's larvae, better known as mealworms, uh, could act as a meat alternative to alleviate hunger worldwide. The process uses a fraction of the land and water and emits a smaller carbon footprint in comparison to traditional farming. To make this a reality, French biotech company Yinsec 
is planning a global network of insect farms, including nurseries and slaughterhouses. Mm. A pilot plant has already been set up uh, at Dole in the bourgogne French comte region of France. Really, doesn't that sound yummy? Of course, these, quote, beetle burgers uh, will just be a drop in the bucket. No matter what the global elite try, they will not be able to stop the worst food crisis in modern history from getting a whole lot worse. So it goes on to say, she said, so I would encourage you to stock up while you still can. Global food supplies are getting a little bit tighter with each passing day. And she says she has a feeling that 2023 will have lots of unexpected surprises for us all. And folks, I do believe that. Or he, I'm sorry, Michael Snyder is the author um, right there. So good old Michael Snyder. He's got a book too. It's called In Times. So I will drop that for you guys. He's got a book called In Times by Michael Snyder. And you can go to the themostimportantnews.com and check that out. Anyway, he posted that article yesterday. Uh, not yesterday, on January the 15th. I'm sorry about that. So, folks. I don't know how to tell you, but things are going to get worse. And I know you guys know that, that I don't have to be the one to tell you that. But Klaus Schwab opens the WEF annual meeting with call to master the future. Folks, this article was released today. And I'm going to jump on this really quick before I have to go to work. So you can find this at thepostmillennial.com, thepostmillennial.com. And it was posted today. And it says, Breaking Klaus Schwab opens WEF annual meeting with call to master the future. Quote, we couldn't meet a we couldn't meet at a more challenging time, he said. We are confronted with so many crises simultaneously. What does it mean to master the future? Unquote. This article is by Libby Emmons. Libby Emmons, E-M-M-O-N-S, Brooklyn, New York, posted today. Five minutes ago. So the World Economics Forum's annual meeting opened in Davos on Monday with founder Klaus Schwab making a call for attendees to master the future. goes on to say, um, I think, quote, I think to have a platform, he continued, where all stakeholders of global society are engaged, governments, businesses, civil society, the young generation, and I could go on, I think is the first step to meet all the challenges, unquote. Though it sounds like a manager from a paperback uh, self-help book, the phrase master of the future is in line with the plans the WEF has for global society. The WEF identifies several combined concerns uh, that they intend to tackle with one unifying philosophy, and that is collective globalism essentially without national borders, democracy, or self-governance. Instead, the WEF views the world as a collection, as something to be controlled and mastered, and they intend to do so by 2030. Quote, but what is more important, Schwab continued, is that we approach the future with a positive spirit, with a spirit which reflects hum human creativity and ingenuity. It was in this spirit that Schwab introduced artists to the stage who undoubtedly are on board with the WEF's uh, ideas for a utopian future uh, where everyone will own nothing, have no privacy, and be happy. Maya Lin, an American artist who designed the Vietnam Memorial in Washington, D.C., spoke about the power of art as she uh, received her reward. She said that her being given this award shows that art has a strong role to play in the economic world. Lynn is engaged in an environmental art project, she said. Quote, we are, in, we are an inventive species, she said. And once we are able to imagine something, we are always able to achieve these dreams, unquote. Yeah, you can check that out if you want to on the Twitter. 
Uh, you can also check out more of them over here on the more awards. You can watch them right there on Twitter if you would like. Renee Fleming, an American opera singer, spoke about the need to embed arts in the healthcare systems. Sabrina Dow Elba of Somalia spoke of the need for food security for people who are going hungry in her nation and others. She spoke up for the small-scale farmers who are struggling to produce enough food. British actor Idris Elba told attendees to keep the courage to continue to invest in mitigating against climate change, unquote. Another quote by Elba says, uh, with greater access to finance, to markets, to resources, to technology, to, no- to knowledge, and to people, we can define a different future. You can watch that if you'd like to. Uh, they're on the Twitter from World Economic Forum. You can watch them all. Yes. So it announced the themes for this year's annual meeting focused on the unifying topic of cooperation in a fragmented world. The WEF states its intentions to reaffirm the value and imperative of dialogues and public-private cooperation, not only to navigate the current cascading crisis, but more importantly, to drive tangible system positive change for the long term. Unquote. We will own you. And you will owe nothing. Basically, if you want to put that into modern-day layman English. Anyway, moving along. <laughs> in other words, the plan is to harness the simultaneous crisis of Schwab, elucidate it, and use them to gain control, drive a new worldview, and demand compliance from both public and private actors on the world stage. One of the key areas of discourse is climate change, which has been used as a cudgel by wealthy Governing nations in the West to control populations, their use of energy, ability to travel, reproduction, and overarching ethnos as part of the undertaking of the annual meeting this week. And WEF leaders and partners intend to address fuel and food supply through the lens of creating new systems for energy, climate, and nature. (laughs) While they fly their planes using billions of fuel. Yeah, folks. (laughs) It's for you, not for them. Keep that in mind. Anyway. Changing the energy source for billions of people from the top down is an essential component of the meetup and the WEF project. So, so by controlling the type of energy used and access to that energy, population movement and productivity can be controlled entirely. As the WEF urges countries to move away from efficient fossil fuels, they encourage the adoption of sustainable forms of electricity, which would be controlled from a centralized grid. The way this would be done is by entirely remaking the way that societies and economics operate, not in an organic way, but by an intentional change without concern for existing industries, the impact of the new technology in terms of resource cultivation and disposal, and to attain goals the WEF set at the last meeting for how quickly these changes can be made. The goals for the WS2030 agenda are to end poverty and hunger. <laughs> you know, they're going to do that by killing everybody. <laughs> That's how they're going to do that. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> Moving along to, uh, <laughs> sorry, to protect the planet from degradation. The to uh, the ensure that all human beings can enjoy prosperous and fulfilling lives and that economic, social, and technological progress occurs in harmony with nature to foster peaceful, just, and inclusive societies that are free from fear and violence and to undertake the fulfillment of this agenda through global collaboration with leaders and stakeholders. That's just a bunch of baloney. A bunch of phony baloney. Anyway... So in short, the WEF intends to create their vision of a utopia to do so within the next seven years. Undertaking the creation of a utopian society is no small feat. And those who have attempted to create utopian perfections, even in small areas of the globe, have often, if not always, run into trouble when visions and reality come into stark conflict. 
Many global leaders are in attendance in the annual meeting so that they can figure out how they like to bring about these massive changes in their own countries. And most of them flew in on private jets to do it. In 2020, more than 1,000 private jets flew into Davos to address how to tell other people to deal with climate change. The full list of U.S. representatives who are in attendance are Listen up, folks. Climate czar John F. Kerry, of course, Biden's uh, trade rep, uh, Catherine Tai, Biden's secretary of labor, Martin Walsh, along with FBI head Christopher Wray, uh, U.S. director of national intelligence, Avril Haines, Samantha Power of the U.S. Agency for International Development, and governors, listen to this, Brian Kemp, who is a Republican, by the way, folks, Gretchen Whitmire, of course, J.B. Pritzker, and a handful of congressmen, including Senators Christopher Coons, Maria Cantwell, James Risch, Joe Mansion in Kristen Cinema, uh, House reps from California, New York, Florida, New Jersey, and Massachusetts are also in attendance. Folks, take those name downs and remember, you probably don't want to vote for them the next time around because um, they're planning your future right now. You think you have a say so in that future? No, you don't. None of us do, but they're planning it anyway. So, what are we to do? We are to pray. We are to pray. It's our job. That's what we're here to do. We're not here to worry about the world going to hell in a handbasket. That's not that's not for us to worry about, but that is for us to observe and to use. God gave us the Bible for a reason. He gave us Bible prophecy for a reason to say, Hey, McFly, hey, you guys, you see all this going around? Do you think it's by coincidence? No, it's not. It's not. Did I think it's going to happen this fast? No, I didn't. But they did. That plan. But like I said, God is in total control. Our God, our Heavenly Father, our Abba Father, Lord Jesus Christ, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, He is in total charge. He is sovereign. Nothing happens outside of His will. He knows what's going on. He's allowing these things to happen because Bible prophecy has been written and His word will be fulfilled. He said He sent His word and it healed them. And His word will not return to Him void. I always remember these scriptures. They always come to mind. And so his word is not going to return to him void. And so whatever his word says will do, it's going to do. And so he wrote the Bible. Bible prophecy is here for us to read and to learn and to gain wisdom from and to know what's going to happen. And uh, it's not going to return void. So that's the whole thing. It'll happen just like he said it's going to happen. And so he's allowing these puzzle, these puzzle pieces to move in together. And when I think back about just three years ago, I'm like, what? happened you know but things are happening so fast and what did jesus say these things would happen quickly we get our word quickly from the greek word tacos not tacos because everybody loves tacos but tacos <laughs> which is amazingly because i get our english word tachometer from there so tacos if you if you're like me and you drive a honda you know or any kind of car that's honda people we understand this anyway we like to rev our engines and we like to you know kick it into first and second gear and we like to run that tachometer all the way up till 6,000 RPMs and then shift gears, you know, because you don't want a red line or anything. But you see how fast it goes. Once it goes, it goes fast, right? And so if you watch that, that tachometer go, that's kind of like Bible prophecy. Once it starts, it's going to keep going. It's just going to keep going faster and faster and faster, like Jesus said. And so when things are moving so fast right now. Everything is moving into place. You see how they're coming after Christians, coming after Jews. It's all coming about. It's coming together. You have the Abrahamic Accords. We have more people joining the Abrahamic Accords. And if you want to watch uh, Pastor Brett Meter um, at Athe Creek, he'll tell you a lot more about that on his last prophecy update. Check that out. I don't want to take away from him. I want you guys to have a chance to go in and listen to him if you want to. 
um, and watch him. But we'll talk more about um, the the other Muslim countries that are joining that accord for peace, quote, in the Middle East. And uh, we all know what that leads to. Daniel 927. And then boom, 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 boom. It just goes from there. People say, you don't know when Jesus Christ is going to come back. You don't know when his second coming in is actually you, you do know. And so, um, you know, you have from the moment of the uh, abomination of desolation, which is three and a half years into the uh, tribulation. When that happens, you have exactly three and a half years until Christ returns. So, yes, the, the tribulation, the second coming, you know. But what you don't know is the rapture of the church. We don't know. That is imminent. We have no idea when that's going to happen. But we see the signs. God gave us signs, gave us wisdoms. Hey, you will not be caught off guard. You will be watching and waiting. You will not be caught off guard. But the world will. The lost will. But we as Bible-believing Christians born again will not be caught off guard. Because we are looking for our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, right now. The glorious appearing. And boy, oh boy, what a day that's going to be. It could even be today, folks. It could be today. Isn't that great? That's the wonderful news. That is our blessed hope. And those people are going to say, well, you're going to go halfway through the tribulation. And you're going to blah, 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 and all this stuff. And you're going to be left behind. And all that. Really? What hope is that? <laughs> what did Apostle Paul say and comfort one another with these words? <laughs> I don't think that would have been comforting. You're going to suffer all this and God's wrath. and No. Like I posted um, the other day, we are not meant for God's wrath. I put that on my, um, um, what do you call it, Instagram page. I do have an Instagram page. It is Bible Prophecy for Today. Um, you can check that out under my name, Heather O'Daniel, if you would like to. I don't post a lot um, on Instagram. It is connected to my Bible Prophecy for Today Facebook page. So whatever posts there kind of goes on to there. But um, anyway, um, you can check out uh, the website at Bible Prophecy, the number four today dot com. If you want to get in touch with me, my email is Heather at Bible Prophecy. Uh, for today.com you can reach me there i would love to hear from you guys trust me i like to get email and i i, I email everybody back so it may tag me a little bit but i will get back to everybody um so i'm going to um add some more people um onto the website today i'm going to add um pastor brett meter in athy creek church uh or athy creek uh, christian church i believe it is so i'm going to add those on there and i'm also going to add um um I want to say, I think I've already got Hope for Our Times on there, but if I don't, I'm going to add that. I have taken some off um, due to some disturbing content that they teach. Um, I'm not real big on that. I think you guys know I did a, a prof, I did an update on that a while back when I heard it. I didn't name names because I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to do that because the majority of what they teach is correct. Um, I did not, you know, just the one thing that they said kind of really disturbed me. Um, and I, I won't go there because... To me, uh, it was so bad, I wouldn't even repeat it. So we'll just leave it at that. So anyway, I took that individual off. Um, but there's still several on there are great. And I'm still looking for new resources to put on there. And I am going to start um, uh, linking to um, great authors and their books that you guys can go and check out. Terry James is a fantastic author. He works great in Tom Prophecy books. He's got great stuff. Um, Jeff Kinley is another fantastic article. Amir uh, Safadi, Safadi, I always get his name wrong. <laughs> anyway, um, he's another great author. Um, and Don Stewart. Don Stewart has, um, I'm going to top him up here. His books, believe this or not, is amazing. Um, his books are um, free, absolutely free at educatingourworld.com. You can go to educatingourworld.com and you can download his books for free. And I'm saying that is amazing. And I really do like him. 
And uh, he's also he's also on he does Q and A live. And if you guys have not, I'm going to click on here real quick and uh, take you guys here. It oh, we don't want to hear that. <laughs> it's Calvary Chapel um, Signal Hills, and they and they do a Q and A with James Cadiz and um, Don Stewart. If you guys want to check that out, they're fantastic. I really like James Cadiz, and I like Don Stewart as well. Um, but anyway, if you want, like, his books are free to download. I mean, it's crazy. 101 Difficult Sayings and Statements in the Gospel. He examines those. Uh, the King James Only Debate. He's got a lot of great stuff on there. Rapture, the Partial Rapture Theory questions. Um, you guys can check that out for free. The Destruction of Jerusalem and the Return of the Son of Man. A lot of stuff. Those are the latest ones. Um, but like I said, you can go and check out his books for free. Here, right? Click on the author. Right? Download books right there. He's got a lot. The Unseen World. He's got all kinds of stuff, guys. Go check it out. And uh, if not, you always go to where? Where where are we going to? Getalifemedia.com. Getalifemedia.com. And go check out Pastor Billy Crone. He's got a lot of great stuff as well. And as always, if you have not listened to uh, Jan Markell's latest uh, radio program, uh, you can go to olivetreeviews.org and check out the latest uh, program that she has. And so, um, I'll kind of give you a snippet of it. And it's a, um, let me see if I can find it here. I cannot find it. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Jan. Anyway, this is another one I want to touch on really quick before I get off here. Because you know how we are. I don't have a lot of time. But Sheriff's Office openly praises the Lord after dozens of inmates get baptized, pledges lives uh, to Christ. There's a video um, included on this because the faithwire.com faithwire.com you can check this out and um, this is by Billy Hallowell. I've read several of his articles and he is fantastic as well. So this I want to end on a good note because there's not a lot of good news out there. But this is all kind of good news no matter how bad it sounds. It is really good because the worse it gets the better it gets for us because we know Christ's return is even sooner. <laughs> so I'm going to keep that in mind. But anyway, here's an article um, from Billy Hallowell. And it says an Indian sheriff, an Indiana Sheriff's Department recently celebrated the new year by commemorating the baptisms of around 40 incarcerated men and women. The Decatur County Sheriff's Office spoke, uh, sparked thousands of likes and shares last month on Facebook after announcing the baptism, baptisms and sharing photos of prisoners turning their lives over to the Lord. Quote, what a great way to celebrate Christmas in a new year, unquote, the post read. DCDC chaplain Dave Burnett, along with REC members, baptized nearly 40 men and women after a personal public profession of Jesus Christ in their lives. And that's not all. The Decatur County Sheriff's Office concluded the statement by noting this is, a, this is hardly the first time detained inmates have made similar decisions. Has a picture of them all there. Oh, wow. What? What a blessing, folks. This is, uh, I just love you. I love this kind of news. Welcome to the family, is all I like to say. So, quote, over the past four years, nearly 300 men and women have given their life to Jesus Christ while incarcerated at the Decatur County Detention Center, the post read. All glory to God, they said. And I, I second that. All glory to God. The Daily News reported there were actually 59 baptisms with these actions taken as part of an effort to prevent recidivism. Uh, the inmates who took part each committing to changing their hearts outgoing sheriff uh, dave durant has said he believes changing the heart is paramount to stopping repeat offending and helping change lives he goes quote if you can change the heart during that journey everything will fall suit durant told the daily news in 2019 whether it be alcohol or drugs or poverty that are creating the cycle we only have to change their hearts to stop the process the baptismal message and photos received a wide array of responses while some offering encouraging messages other criticized the baptism and claim the inmates were uh, captive audience being manipulated into making these faith-based decisions of course 
It says, quote, epitome of a captive audience, uh, one person wrote. Another added, taking advantage of people at their lowest, classic, unquote. And others uh, seem to raise concerns over the separation of church and state. Jeez, people. But many were encouraged and praised the moment, pushing back on scoffers and those making negative uh, declarations to those who are adding the laughing emoji why are you judging all sin ways the same there is no greater sin than other a woman named janine wrote it's no laughing joke these individuals realize that what they've done uh they've come to uh they've come to the lord and confess and what they what they've done and jesus accepts them it goes on to say um, others mirrored the sentiment uh noting the inmates newfound relationship with christ would mean a new beginning in their lives how very wonderful and praise God that each one of them will be granted a new beginning in their personal lives. One Facebook user wrote, and you can read more there if you want to know the reactions, you go to faithwire.com. So he said, it should be noted uh, that Decatur County Sheriff's baptisms have caught the attention of atheist activists with the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Of course, uh, the uh, organization released a statement last summer decreeing the practice and demanding officials halt it. Quote, in Indiana, Sheriff's Department must immediately cease putting together Christian events, including baptisms, inside its detention center, insists the Freedom From Religion Foundation. The July statement read in part, the Decatur County Sheriff's Department must cease so blatantly endorsing and promoting Christianity, unquote. The FFRF sent another letter, January the 13th of 2023, urging Durant to cease multiple constitutional violations, unquote. Atheists charged the Sheriff's Office is pushing Christianity on inmates. Quote, to avoid further establishment clause concerns and to protect the right of its inmates in the general public, the Decatur County Sheriff's Department must refrain from promoting religion on social media and cease its coordination of religious programs and events. Unquote, the letter reads, regardless of the debate, pray for the incarcerated men and women who have made bold decisions for Christ. Folks, keep them in prayer. And that's a wonderful thing that they are doing. But you see how the world comes against it. Remember what Jesus said? Remember? If the world hated me, it's going to hate you. And the world hated Christ. Remember? So they hate us too. But we can't just roll over and just let them say, you can't do that. Whatever. Whatever. That's a commandment from God. That's what we are to do. We are commanded to do that. He told us that. We are to make disciples and preach the gospel. That's our commission. That's what we're here for. Remember that. A lot of people use the word um, uh, dunamos. Dunamos in the Bible is slave. And the only translation that that translate that correctly is the Holman Christian Standard Bible, the HCSB, not the new one, not the CSB bull, the liberal CSB, no, 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 the old HCSB. And if you want to get that, you can grab that on eBay or wherever you find used um, Bibles. You can grab one from there because you're not going to find it in the new one, but it does correctly translate that. And another great book by John MacArthur is called Slave. If you haven't read that, um, you should. And um, it's, it's man, I tell you, it's, it's a really good, really, really good book. And it kind of, um, what do you call it? It kind of explains what we are. So we are slaves to Jesus Christ. He is our master. He is our Lord. He is our king. He is our everything. And, of course, um, he's our best friend, too. So isn't that amazing? But, you know, if you don't understand the actual relationship, you know, it kind of makes things a little bit, a little bit different, but uh, it's called slave, the hidden, uh, the hidden truth about your identity in Christ. And so, um, definitely go and, and check that out because you're going to have a whole new understanding, a whole new understanding of our relationship with Jesus. And, uh, there's also a workbook that you can get with it 
But um, I will give you like just a real quick um, backdrop of it. So let me see if I can find it here. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I may not be able to, you know, modern technology. Um, I wanted to see. Yes. Okay. So there is a cover up. So a cover up of biblical proportions. And so it says um, centuries ago, English translator translators perpetrated a fraud in the new testament and it's been purposely hidden and covered up ever since your own bible is probably included in the cover-up he says in this book which includes a study guide for personal or group use john MacArthur unveils the essential and clarifying revelation that may be keeping you from a fulfilling and correct relationship with god it's powerful it's controversial and with new eyes you'll see the riches of your salvation in a radically new way he says what does it mean to be a christian the way jesus defined it macarthur says it all boils down to one word slave we have been bought with a price we belong to christ we are his own possession you can go on and read a little bit more about that but it is amazing it's great and it'll completely change your view on our relationship to our lord and savior jesus christ and so as always <clears throat> i want to end with the gospel if you are not a believer in Christ, if you have not professed Christ as your Savior, and um, if you're just lost and you just don't know, let me tell you, you don't have to be anywhere special. You don't have to be in a church. You don't have to be anywhere. You'd be by yourself. You don't need anybody. You don't need anybody to talk to God for you. You don't. You can do it yourself. You know why? Because Jesus made a way for that to happen. His sacrifice on the cross made that possible. So we can go humbly to the throne of God right now. We don't need anybody else. We don't need a, quote, father on earth. And the Bible actually says, don't call anybody on earth your father. Nobody, for you have one father, and that is God in heaven. And he's not talking about your earthly dad and mom. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the Catholic Church. That's what he's talking about. Don't call anybody else on earth your father. For you have one father, and he is in heaven. So remember that. A lot of folks... Um, don't understand, they don't know the word of God and so they don't know what the word of God says you ask a Catholic that they don't know they never read it. of course no it's in Latin they're not going to tell them what it says <laughs> oh no they're not but I will tell you what it says because I uh, want people to know the truth and so anyway um, when you when you when you go to prayer when you go to ask God um, you know we have that right because you know when he died on the cross the veil was torn and the veil was not some little curtain you know, between the Holy of Holies where the priest would get and they tie a rope to them, you know, just in case they died, they could drag them out, you know. No, there was no, it's not the little curtain, folks. It was super thick. It was like 18 inches, I think is what the Bible said. So it was a heavy duty, you know, a heavy duty um, veil there that went across there. And so anyway, in Christ, it was cut, it was split from top to bottom. And so that said right then and there, we don't need anybody. And so, so I tell you guys today, um, you could be, like I say, sitting on your couch eating Cheetos. I don't care. You could be driving down the road. I don't care where you're at. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It only matters what decision you make for your future, your eternal future. And so people, um, they think, oh, I'm too bad. God won't forgive me. I've done such horrible, wicked, nasty things. Jesus will never forgive me. That is a lie from hell. It's a lie from Satan. There's nothing you could have done that Jesus Christ will not forgive you. I tell you, I'm the worst sinner I know. And uh, he forgave me. So anyway... Um, all you got to do, and they say the ABCs of salvation, that's not a, a formula or anything. It's just to show you guys what it means to be saved and why you need a savior. And, um, it's just the ABCs. You got to admit that you're a sinner. We are all sinners. If you ever lied, everybody's lied, then you're a sinner. You're separated from a holy God. Boom. 
you know, we've all been conceived in sin anyway, because, you know, Adam and Eve, hello, we have the sin nature. And so we're all, you know, we're already sinners. So you just have to admit that you have to admit to God, God, I am a sinner and you need a savior. You need a savior. And the only one that can save you is Jesus Christ. So you have to believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he was. He came, lived the perfect sinless life to take sin upon himself on the cross. He died in our place as a sacrifice, as atonement for our sin. And God raised him three days later. You have to believe that. And people are like, well, what's the big deal? It's the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that's going to raise us from the dead. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. You got to remember that once you become a born again believer. So you have to believe you have to admit you're a sinner. Heavenly Father, dear God, please forgive me. I am a sinner. I admit I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Jesus Christ, please forgive me of my sins. Please save me. And you make a public confession of that. You have to confess your sin, which is I am a sinner that that's it there's no there's no words you have to say there's no special prayer you've got to pray there's none of that it's a heart decision you have to make that decision on your own admit you're a sinner i'm a sinner jesus please forgive me of my sins confess that jesus christ is your lord and savior and you will be saved so with that guys i'm going to go ahead and get off of here today and I just got a call from my branch manager giving me the day off. So, uber excited about that. So, I'm going to take that time to pack and spend some more time with the Lord today. Which I hope you guys will spend some time with the Lord today as well. And uh, just uh, just in closing, I want to read um, Proverbs chapter 19, uh, verse number 1. Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one who is perverse in his lips and is a fool. So remember what's going on in the world today. Um, like I said, you know, you're not going to know the truth unless you search for it. And the Bible is the best place to start searching for that truth. And, um, you know, here's one. Proverbs 18, verse 9. I just happened to lay my eyes on that as I'm sitting here. And it says, he who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. Huh. But the very great verse next is verse 10 it says the name of the lord is a strong tower the righteous run to it and are safe and so i hope today that you make the lord your strong tower and so may that be our ending word um for today especially in the times that we're living in um you know if, if you can't see what's going on satan has blinded your eye your eyes and so now is the time to turn from this wickedness to turn to the lord jesus christ who loves you so very much that he came and lived the perfect life died on a cross suffered the wrath of god in our place he took sin upon himself who knew no sin that we would have a way that we would have a way and he loves us that much he wants to be with us forever and that's why he did that he was obedient to the father and um just remember that you know today as you go about your your daily life and just be very thankful to god and to lord jesus what he's done for us there's no other god that will do that for their people think about it of course there's no other gods but i mean there's only one god and that's um our heavenly father god almighty there are demons <clears throat> but there's only one god and so uh don't let satan deceive you don't let him lie to you don't let him persuade you don't listen to these false prophets that are out there. 
Don't listen to these. I decree and declare. Don't listen to that garbage, folks. That's it's garbage. Don't listen to that. When you get down to the to the very bottom point of what these people are decreeing and declaring, it's always good stuff. Have you noticed that? It's always uh, stuff that pertains to this world. It's always materialistic things. Or it's always, you know, it's never, you know, God said that you're going to go through trials and tribulations. That's what God said. And there you got these people out here decreeing and declaring that this is going to be the year of whatever. Folks, it's going to be the, the year that God says this year will be. And um, one thing you guys need to know for sure is where you will spend eternity. That's that's the only thing that matters, regardless. That's the only thing that matters. Where your eternal soul will be. Will you be in heaven or will you be in hell? Hell is forever. Hell is forever and so is heaven. Heaven is forever. And good works don't outweigh bad works. That's not how that works. That's not how it works. Works don't get you anywhere. Jesus said that our works are like filthy rags. So there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. And so he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him, through the Lord Jesus. Please get in the word of God today. And let that word get into you. Because the Holy Spirit will bring things to remembrance that you need. It will bring scripture to remembrance that you need to know to fight with. Because that's our weapon, folks. That is our sword, the word of God. It is living and active. It's a two-edged sword. But if you've never read the word of God, the Holy Spirit can't bring it back to remembrance. So put that word in your heart today. That's that's my plea. So with that, those young Texas, we got at least say bye twice. So anyway, <laughs> with that, guys, I'm really going to get off of here. Please continue to pray for my friend Kimberly Brock. I so appreciate you guys' prayer for her. Um, and things are just you moving moving quickly and uh she is improving so praise god for that she is still intubated and um but i do plan on um going to see her next weekend and once again Brittany, thank you so much for all your help uh god's gonna bless you i sure do appreciate you and uh guys um with that i am going to get off of here um but anyway get into the word of god let the word of god get into you and Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha, may today be the day that the Lord Jesus Christ comes and takes us all home. Whoo, it could be today, folks. It could be today. Titus 2.13, as we await the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Keep that in the forefront of your mind, folks. Live as today is the day that Christ could take you out of here. And you know what the one thing you can't do in heaven? You can't tell people about the good news in heaven. They already know the good news. You can do that while you're here on earth. So make that your priority to tell people the gospel of Jesus Christ while there's still time. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless each and every one of you.